Happy Easter. I love today. It is uh, the greatest day. You know, when we think about Easter, I think as a culture, we spend so much time celebrating uh, things like Christmas. But without Easter, Christmas means nothing. Easter is one of the most important things for us. And as we open up God's Word together, we're going to be taking a look at what why is that so important? Why is it so important that Jesus rose from the dead? So if you have your Bibles with you, we're going to be starting off in John chapter 20, verses 1 to 5. And as you open up your Bibles, let us just come together in prayer. Father God, we just thank you for this time that we have to just continue to worship you. Lord, Easter is such a, a good day. Uh, it makes Good Friday good. Lord, we just thank you so much for this time that we can have. And Lord, even though we're not together, I pray that you would encourage each uh, us through your word, that you would remind us once again of who we are, whose we are, uh, because Jesus not only died for our sins, but he rose again. So Lord, as we open up your word, I pray that you are indeed glorified. And God, there's no way I can do this on my own. So Lord, I pray that by your spirit, you would use this sermon for your glory, that you would bring joy to your people, and that you would bring salvation to the lost. Amen. You know, when it comes to foundations of what Christians believe, those foundational beliefs, Jesus rising from the dead, or what is called the resurrection, is one of them. We see this all the way in 1 Corinthians chapter 15. It says this, uh, for I deliver to you as of first importance what I also received, that Christ died for our sins in accordance with the scriptures, that he was buried and that he was raised on the third day in accordance with the scriptures. It is foundational. It is important. But why? Why is this so important? And we're going to be looking through that first question. See, Jesus rising from the dead is a foundational belief. It's, it's, it's as foundational as Jesus being born of the Virgin Mary or, or the deity of Christ, that Christ is both 100% man and 100% God. That Jesus' atonement is uh, it's just as important as Jesus' atonement for sin or his crucifixion. See, these are what we would call non-negotiable truths that we see in God's word. Without them, our faith just simply would not exist. It wouldn't matter. See, Jesus' resurrection from the dead was that crowning achievement, you know, that, that forever separates him from any other religious leader. You know, you can look throughout history, you can look up any religious leader, and you can go even to some of their graves to this day. There's no other religious figure in history that has ever prophesied not only his own death, but his resurrection, and then accomplished it. You know, in 1 Corinthians 15, again, it says, And if Christ has not been raised, then our preaching is in vain, and your faith is in vain. In verse 17, it says, And if Christ has not been raised, your faith is futile, and you are still in your sin. The resurrection of Jesus Christ is vitally important for us. So let's look at these passages as we go on, and we, we take a look at that question of why is Jesus rising from the dead? Why does it matter for you and for me? 
So in John chapter 20, verses 1 to 5, we see this. And now on the first day of the week, Mary Magdalene came to the tomb early, while it was still dark, and saw that the stone had been taken away from the tomb. So she ran and went to Simon Peter and the other disciple, the one whom Jesus loved, and said to them, They had taken the Lord out of the tomb, and we do not know where they have laid him. So Peter went out with the other disciple, and there were going towards the tomb. Both of them were running together, but the other disciple outran Peter and reached the tomb first. You can see the excitement here, the wonder. And stooping to look in, he saw the linen clothes lying there, but he did not go in. See, the first thing we want to ask, you know, the first why is that Jesus rising from the dead matters because it actually really happened. Jesus did rise from the dead. Birth and death are, are common human experiences for all of us. They're simply unavoidable. If you were a human, you were born, and if you're a human, you will die. You know, human life, that short span of time between the womb and the tomb, is described by God as a vapor, but Jesus defeated it. You know, Psalm 39, verse 5 says, Behold, you have made my days a few hands, uh, hand breaths. And my lifetime is as nothing before you. Surely all mankind stands as a mere breath. See, that's not the case with Jesus. That's not what we see in John chapter 20. We see that Jesus actually rose again. And verse 1 says, Now on the first day of the week, Mary Magdalene came to the tomb. So what was Mary thinking as she was walking there? She was thinking that life, that Jesus' life was done. There was no expectation that Jesus herself, himself would be risen again, that he, his body would be there in the tomb. She was walking there to prepare his body. We're like grass in our backyards, green, lush, and healthy one day withered and dying the next. And see, and this is what Mary is, is thinking about as she's walking to the tomb. She goes looking for a body, the part of him that is left after life has been extinguished. We're talking about how Jesus actually died, and those were her expectations. In verse 2, they have taken the Lord out of the tomb, and we do not know where they have laid him. Even in these words, she is in this mindset that Jesus is dead. She gets to this tomb and she finds that, that there's nothing there, that there is nobody there, that they don't see a body at all. But here is the important thing. Mary is assuming, she's making an assumption that Jesus is still dead. And that's why she's so bewildered. She runs to get the disciples. There is no idea of trying to create a hoax. We, don't, we see defeatism in her reaction. Mary's only idea is that Jesus' body has been stolen, that grave robbers have come and taken Jesus' body away. For what reason, we, she doesn't know. And in verse 3 and 4, she goes and she gets Peter and the other disciple that Jesus loved, who we know as John. What is the reaction to Mary's reports? They got up and they ran. 
Again, there's no expectation other than that they had what they had already witnessed. And as they get to the tomb, they stoop in to look. Simon Peter came and followed behind. And what do they find? They find absolutely nothing. Indeed, the empty tomb. The tomb is empty. Christ is not there. Christians often speak of the empty tomb of Christ, of Jesus' resurrection. But we need to also keep in mind that the tomb wasn't exactly empty. After arriving, they stooped in and they saw the linen clothes that Jesus had been wrapped in, lying there. See, Jesus is dead. The plot to kill Jesus had succeeded. But we need to keep going with that story. It doesn't end with a death. Palm Sunday and Easter Sunday are bookends of the most important week in human history. See, on that Sunday, Jesus, a Galilean rabbi, teacher, arrives in Jerusalem to a, a chorus of welcome. By Friday afternoon, he has been betrayed, been betrayed, arrested, deserted, mocked, accused, sentenced, beaten, and hung. And by Sunday, his tomb is empty. And we see that first with Mary. See, why do we celebrate events? Let's talk about birthdays or anniversaries or any other event that you may see. Why do we even celebrate Canada Day or anything like that? We do it because it actually happened. We are actually born, so we celebrate a birthday. We actually got married, so we, well, you should celebrate your anniversary. Canada becomes a country, so we celebrate that day. See, Jesus actually rose from the dead. So why do we come and celebrate Easter? Why is Jesus rising from the dead so important? Because it actually happened. But because it's also God's giant stamp of, of approval for the sacrifice that Jesus paid for on the cross on Good Friday. Because we got to see this, that Christ died for our sins. That Christ, the long-promised Messiah, who was born of the Virgin Mary, lived a sinless, perfect life. This last three years of his life was spent doing good and teaching all the people about who God is. He died. Jesus, both fully man and fully God, was put to death by a Roman cross. He really did die. The blood stopped pumping out of his body. We see that even here. To the point that when his body was taken down from the cross, it was buried in a Jew Jewish tomb. This death of Jesus was not an accident, however, because we see in that short phrase, this word for, which means in place of Jesus' death was substitutionary. It was meant, that death was meant for me, but he died in my place. He was dying in the place of someone else or for someone else. 
And this gets even more explained as we look at how Christ died for our sins because Christ died for our sins. The death that Jesus died was for all those who repent, who who turn away from sin and believe, have faith in Jesus alone to save them. Christ died for our sins. See, all of us were born with this this inclination to sin. We all have a desire to sin. All of us have sinned in real time. God told the first man, Adam, that if he sinned, he would surely die. And look what has happened. See, the penalty for sin is death. The message of the gospel is that Jesus came to die in our place. He took our sin on himself and suffered the punishment of God on our place. We talked about this on Good Friday. That Christ is our propitiation for anybody who repents and believes. Jesus absorbs God's wrath upon himself rather than it being poured out on us. But not just that, the gospel always goes with and was raised. See, God's giant stamp of approval on what Jesus did was rising from the dead. Jesus was indeed resurrected. He did rise from the dead on the third day and appeared to many disciples. We see this in 1 Corinthians of of the list of the people that Jesus showed himself to. By being raised from the dead, God made clear that the full price of sin has been paid for by his son. See, with that giant stamp of of approval, we know that Jesus paid the penalty for our sin. We see in Romans 6, 23, for the wages of sin is death, but the free gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. With Jesus' resurrection, there is no longer any condemnation. As Romans 8, verse 1 says, by Jesus rising again, we can now know that we are no longer separated from God, but have been brought near to God. He is our Father. He is our God, as Ephesians 2 says. But now in Christ Jesus, you who are far off have been brought near by the blood of Christ. But now in Christ Jesus, you who once were far off have been brought near by the blood of Christ. He died to prove how much he loves us. As John 15, we talked about this passage on Friday. Greater love has no one than this, that someone laid down his life for his friends. See, through Jesus rising from the dead, through his resurrection, we have a guarantee of eternal life. As we see in John 3, 16, for God so loved the world that he gave his only son, that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have eternal life. See, as as Jesus rose from the dead, he made it possible, possible for a radical change to happen in those who repent and believe's lives, in his disciples' lives. No longer were they enemies of God, but because of their faith, they can now call the Holy God Father and Jesus brother. What John and Peter saw in the empty tomb was nothing Shorts of evidence of the resurrection, that Jesus indeed rose again. He, it actually happened. In, in 1 Corinthians 15, we see the eyewitness account of all the people who saw Jesus risen. 
See, this event actually happened. We celebrate Easter. Easter is so important because it actually happened. It actually happened because of that. We can become right before a holy God if we repent and believe in the gospel. If we rest in what Christ has done for us, it doesn't end there with just that it happened though, but Christ or Jesus' resurrection also answers for us the why it needed to happen. Jesus' resurrection from the dead was a crowning achievement that forever separates him from any other religious leader who has ever lived or whoever will live. See, no other religious figure in history has prophesied his own death and resurrection and then actually accomplished it. So the second point is this, is that Jesus rising from the dead matters because death has been defeated. I love these words that you see in 1 Corinthians 15, verses 54 to 57. When the perishable puts on the imperishable and the mortal puts on the immortal, immortality then shall come the past then should come to pass the saying that is written death is swallowed up in victory oh death where is your victory oh death where is your sting the sting of death is sin and the power of sin is the law but thanks be to God who gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ See, death, death is swallowed up in victory. Oh, death, where is your victory? See, the fact that Jesus rose from the dead also means, uh, is a matter because it's, it, it talks about our justification. It, it, our justification hinges on it. We see in Romans 4.25, he was delivered over to death for our sins and was raised to life for our justification. A dead Savior cannot save. But we have a living Savior who justifies us and makes, us, makes intercession for us as we see in Hebrews 7. See, Jesus' Jesus's resurrection, him rising from the dead, defeats once and for all the fatal power that death had over us. It breaks the power of death since God carried out the death sentence, that just and necessary punishment for our sin. When Jesus died on the cross instead of us and for the benefit of us. In verse 55 it says, Oh death, where is your sting? So the sting of death for the person who has repented and believed is gone. No longer do we look at death with fear as though we stand before a throne of God as our sinful selves. We can now say along with Paul, to live is Christ, to die is gain. What does this do for the Christian who is resting in the victory of Christ? How does this change how we face the uncertainty of tomorrow or even today? How do we, how do we face uh, the unknown of, 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 a, of a pandemic? Oh, death, where is your sting? If you aren't resting in the victory of Jesus over death, then you stand before the judgment seat of God with all of your sins and all of your failures. The sting of death is still there. 
as verse 56 talks about. Because the sting of death is sin. Adam's sin introduced death into the world, which is not what we is which is now what we all face. Outside of Jesus Christ. Just as Romans 5, verse 12 says, therefore, just as sin came into the world through one man, the death through sin, and so death spread to all men because of all sinned. As 56 continues on, and the power of sin is the law. The presence of sin forced the law to pronounce the death sentence because we know from Deuteronomy that we have not all loved God the way that we should. So the law passes judgment upon us. And therefore, the wrath of God pours out upon us. But, I love that word, but. Praise God, it doesn't end there. Because it's only through Jesus victorious, victorious death on the cross that atones for our sins. Because verse 57 says, but thanks be to God who gives us the victory through Jesus Christ our Lord. But thanks be to God who gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. See, ultimately, the good news about Easter is wrapped around the fact that Jesus rose from the dead. The resurrection of Jesus gives us peace in the present and hope for the future. So what, you may ask? Jesus rising from the dead, why does it matter so much? The resurrection of Jesus gives us peace in the present and hope for the future. Not only did Jesus rising from the dead actually happen, not only does it give God's giant stamp of approval for the price that he paid on Good Friday, but it also takes away the sting of death. See, Jesus rising from the dead is a foundation, is as foundational as other things that we believe, like the virgin birth, or that Christ is indeed God. We believe in Jesus' atoning death, or atonement for sin, we believe in his crucifixion. These are what we call non-negotiable truths. See, without them, we have no faith. But when Jesus rose from the dead, it made us, it gives us that sign that God approved of what Jesus paid for on the cross. It actually happened. See, the resurrection of Jesus gives us peace in the present and hope for the future. So if you're, listening or you're watching today and you're wanting that peace for the presence in this world of chaos, of this world of unknown, if you want peace for the presence and hope for the future that only comes through Jesus Christ, let us know. We would love to talk to you more about who Jesus is and why Easter is so important to us. If you desire, my desire for you is that you would know the peace that goes beyond all understanding. That you would know that there can be peace between you and a holy God through what Christ has done for us. That Christ died for our sins and he rose again. Why did Jesus rise from the dead? Because it marks God's approval of his sacrifice for our sin. And it shows that our Lord and Savior had victory over death. 
Doesn't that give you peace for the present and hope for the future? Let's pray. Father God, I just thank you for the reminder that Easter gives us. God, that indeed you sent your son Jesus Christ to die for our sins, but he didn't just stay in the grave. He rose again. It actually happened. And when he rose from the dead, Lord, that gives your giant stamp of approval for the sacrifice that he made for us on our behalf on the cross, Lord. So I pray that for those who are listening who do not know you, Lord, I pray that they may repent and believe in the good news of Jesus Christ, that Christ has died for our sins and that he indeed rose again so that they may have a peace for the present and hope for the future. Lord, I pray that you would use this for your glory. May we go out from this place into our living rooms, into our homes as we interact with our families on this day, Lord. May we be a people who live in light of the hope that you have given us through your son, Jesus Christ.